0: We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCACHurch.com. And join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Ever said this one small word to God? Why? Today, I'm going to give you biblical evidence to answer that question. I am going to take you to different places in the Word of God. So today's message is not going to be very evangelistic. It's going to be very pastoral. Because I believe when we are going through situations in life, I have, I'm sure some of you have, why? Why is this happening? Today I want us to figure this out. The title of my message is An Attribute of God, The Sovereignty of God. Most people don't even know what that word means. They don't understand the attributes of God. So I want to show you this today in the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm going to be reading verses 8 through 23, 2 Kings chapter 6. Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. So, Aram, Israel, at war. (laughs) After conferring with his officers, uh, the king of Aram said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. Now, the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place, because the Arameans are going down there. So, the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God, time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. So here's what's happening. Over here Aram's talking to his men. The king of Aram's talking to his men. Over here is Israel. The prophets right here. He gets word from God where he's going so the man of God tells this king where this guy's going to be on his alert. You got that? Here we go. This enraged the king of Aram He summoned his officers and demanded, Tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? He's getting aggravated. Every time they go to plan uh, an ambush, an attack, they know about it. So which one of you are telling the Israelites? None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. He's all up in his stuff. Uh, How would you like it if on Sunday mornings I told everybody what you said in your bedrooms this week? That's pretty personal. I mean, not too many people go behind my bedroom door but me and my wife, grandkids are while. The king is saying, What? He said, well, you go find out where he is so I can send men and capture him. But the report came back, he's in Dothan. Now, I want you to underline that if you have a, 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 a copy of the pages. If you don't, remember, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night, and they surrounded the city. When the servant of man of God got up and went out early the next morning, so Elisha's servant gets up, oh, we'll go outside and get some water. Here we go. He looked around, and he said, what shall we do? Elisha said, do not be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. The like, what? Those back outside? There's 28,462 of them. Two. <laughs> what? What? Then Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord. Damn, that needs to be our prayer today, right? So that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. Isn't that awesome? All around him. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed the Lord, strike this enemy with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha asked. Elisha told them, hey, hey, guys, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. Isn't this amazing? He, he, God strikes him with blindness, then he tells all the officers in the, in the, in the army of Abram, hey, guys, I'm not the right guy. This is not the right place. Just follow me and I'll show you where you need to go. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they could see. Can you imagine? All of a sudden, they opened up their eyes. And they looked, and they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, what shall I do? Shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? Elisha said, don't kill them. Here's what I want you to do. Would you have killed those who have you kept them with your own sword or bow? Set food in before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them after they had finished eating and drinking. He sent them away. They returned to the master. So the bands of Aram stopped. <laughs> I'm not going out there again. We went up there. We saw the guy. We thought we saw him. And then all of a sudden our eyes were blind. He said, I'm not the guy. Then he led us over here. We opened our eyes and now we're in the enemy's camp. They're surrounding us. We thought we were dead. We thought it was over. But then the king says, hey, I'm going to give you food and water. Now go back and tell your master what I've done. They go back, did you kill Elisha? No. And what happened? Man, those Israelites could cook. <laughs> they gave us so much food. We are so full. We couldn't hardly march back. What? How many know that God does miracles like this? these? Many know that. I just read it. How many of you believe in miracles? Raise your hand. Amen. How many of you believe in healings? Raise your hand. Amen. How many of you believe that God is God over all other gods, King of Kings, Lord of Lords? How come? Why doesn't everyone receive a miracle? Why doesn't everyone get healed? Well, I've had evangelists. And I've had guys on television tell us, well, it's because of a lack of faith. I don't think that's right. Well, it's sin in your life. I don't think that's it. It's an attribute of God. He is sovereign. What this means is God does what God wants to do, it's not based upon your actions. It's God's actions. He is the Father. He is sovereign. He performed a mighty miracle in Elisha's life in Dothan. You can say, well, God loves Dothan. He's partial to Dothan. Well, let me take you back a few years. Genesis chapter 37, verses 14 and following. Read this with me. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. This is the Father, sending Joseph, to his brothers. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? Well, they have moved on from here. I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan, but when they saw him in the distance and before they could reach him, they plotted. Don't you like it when there's a plot? I love a good plot they plotted. Here comes that dreamer. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these sisters and say the ferocious animals devour him. Then we will see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Hey, let's not take his life. Come on, guys. Don't shed any blood. Let's just throw him in the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they'd been plotting, they stripped him clean of his robe, the ornate ring he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. And the cistern was empty, there was no water in it. Now, they throw him in there, it's dry, Then they sit down and go, hey, let's eat It's amazing how cold-hearted these guys are. They said, let's sit down and let's eat it. They saw a caravan of Israelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, Hey, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Let's sell him to the Israelites and lay our hands, not lay our hands on him after all. He is a brother own flesh and blood. I mean, come on. Good family would just sell a brother, right? Come here, you got family members. Don't raise your hands. <laughs> You may have some family members go, what's he worth? So his brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph's sister, sisters, sold him for 20 shekels of silver, to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Now here we are. Same city, same God. God has already given dreams to Joseph. Wouldn't it have been awesome if chariots of fire, horses, soldiers and warriors would have shown up struck the brothers blind he leads them back to the father and go. they were wanting to kill me but God struck them blind open your eyes now look where we're at and dad's got the big old belt <laughs> wouldn't that have been awesome but God doesn't do that in Dothan so it can't be the location well Joseph has sinned no Joseph is a man God has been giving dreams to he said I saw all the wheat bound before me that's my brothers one day all of my brothers so why didn't God give him miracles? That's not fair. You're giving Elisha miracles and you're letting Joseph get sold and taken to a foreign country, put in prison, put into pits, get beaten. Why, God? You've got two different outcomes. The same God. Why? I want you to say this next slide with me because it is imperative you get it in your spirit. Here's what it says. Some through the water, some through the fire, but all through the blood. We are all going to have different outcomes in our lives. Some of us are going to go through deep waters, storms. You're going to be overwhelmed, by the way. Some of you are going to have to walk through the fires. Some fiery trials. And maybe God delivers you before the fire. But maybe He walks through the fire with you. Whatever we experience in life, however God determines, we don't sit here and blame God. We don't sit here and go, God, why is this happening? You better show me. No, no, no. God is sovereign. It is who he is. Some of us will go through the waters. Some of us will go through the fires. Listen, my wife's mother, during the time of her sickness with pancreatic cancer, she had people tell her, it is sin in your life. Oh, that made me so mad. There was was not a more holy, righteous woman I've ever known than her mother. My mom and dad died. Horrific deaths. Long-term illnesses. And for a long time, I asked God why. And I even told God this. If you're not going to show up when I need you, then I don't need you now. I told God that. You know why? Ignorance. I didn't know the sovereignty of God. Some through water, some through fire, but all through the blood. Now you're saying, Pastor, that's Old Testament theology. Let's go to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. At that time Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. This is why miraculous powers are working in. So some people are saying, hey, it's John the Baptist. So Herod had John arrested and bound and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. See, he's not a hireling either. He's getting up in the business. This is not lawful for you to be with with her. So Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests, pleased Herod so much, Here's what he said. He promised her with an oath to give her whatever she asked for. He was thinking new chariot, new rings, new dresses, whatever you want, baby, just ask. Prompted by her mother, I think there's another plot. She said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. King's distressed, but he made an oath in front of the dinner guest. So he ordered that her request be granted. And John was beheaded in prison. His head was brought on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. John the Baptist is a really good guy. I don't think he's got sin in his life. He was the forerunner of Jesus. He was the one who baptized him in the river. He is the one who said, there's one coming after me. He's preaching truth. He's out there on wild locusts and honey. Come on. He's arrested, put in prison. He's beheaded. Look at Acts chapter 12, 1 through 4. It was about that time King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intended to persecute them. He had James the brother of John put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison. He couldn't kill him because of the festival, so he puts him in prison to hold him until after the festival. Hand him over to the guards, uh, four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So you've got John the Baptist put in prison. He's beheaded. You've got James, the brother of Jesus, Now, you think if if there's going to be miracles, it's definitely going to be for Jesus' brother, right? Not many people closer to Jesus than his brother, but his brother was killed with a sword. Some through the water, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Now look at Acts chapter 12, verse 5, just the following verse. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Bound with two chains, sentry stood, guarded the entrance. This is overkill. This is maximum security, solidarity. Solidarity with all the guards. He is in isolation all by himself. <clears throat> Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on his side and said, wake up. Get up quick. The chains fell off of Peter's wrist. The angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you. Follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of prison. He had no idea what the angel was doing. that was really happening. He thought it was just a dream. He thought he was seeing a vision. He passed the first and the second guards, came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for him by itself. They went through it. When they had walked the length of the one street, suddenly the angel left him. Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt. That the Lord has sent His angel, rescued me from his clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. This is awesome. He is chained up to guards. He's got guards in the room with him. He's got guards in the guarding the door. They got guards on the outside. They got guards everywhere, holding him till after the Passover feast. He's asleep. The angel slaps him, wakes him up. Come on, it's time to go. Put on your clothes. Put on your shoes. Let's go. And he leads him out. This is awesome. I would just imagine John the Baptist is going, "What?" <laughs> what? I would imagine James, Jesus' brothers was, "What?" Simon Peter, really? The guy who is going to deny you? The guy who's so impetuous He just jumps out of boats without thinking about it. The guy we're always having to apologize for because he spouts off and gets people upset. That's the guy you let out of prison. That's the guy you dispatch an angel from heaven and you lead him out and you take care of him. Why not me? I was preaching the word. I was baptizing. James went, hey, what about me? I was your brother. You know, brothers from the same mother. We're together on this. I got killed with a sword. Why didn't God do miracles for those two? Because God is sovereign. Some through the water. Say it with me. Some through the fire. But all through the blood. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing today. If you're a child of God, we don't need to sit here and have banters with God and try to sway him through our Now we can pray, absolutely. But we need to understand that all of us will not have the same outcome. God will do miraculous things for some people. And then for other people, they have to go through it. Other people, they don't make it through. I don't know why. I cannot give you an answer other than God is sovereign. God does what God wants to do with your life. Because you see, God has seen the big picture. He sees your influence. He sees what's ahead of you. We can't. And I got to tell you, when I received Christ, I died. So my will died. Christ lives in me. So I am living today the life that Christ wants me to live. And if I'm that, if I'm a servant, then I do not get to choose my outcomes. I have to submit to the will of God and cry out. Father, help me with this covenant. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help me to trust you, to walk by faith and not by sight. Help me to understand who you are because some go through the water, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Jesus is crucified. He's resurrected. He is now walking among the disciples and others for 40 days. So we pick up this story in John chapter 1, verses 15 through 22. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon, Simon son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me? You see, what's happened is they've been fishing all night and they've caught nothing. Jesus is on the shore. He has a fire built. He sees them out there a little ways. offshore. Not very far. So they got this big load of fish. They come in. Jesus got a fire built. He said, hey, give me some of those fish. He cooks them up for the disciples and they eat together. Okay, They're eating. Beautiful sunrise coming up. Enjoying Jesus. And then Jesus says, hey, Simon, get away from me. Just, Just want to know do you love me? what? Do I love you? I jump out of boots for you. I cut off the dude's ear for you. Do I love you? What what, what did Jesus have? He asked if I love you. Isn't that crazy? Of course I do. I don't know what he's thinking. Maybe this whole crucifixion thing got his head messed up. I don't know. Do I love you? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I taught, what'd you say? I told him yes. Of course I love you. You know that. So done me, I love you. Jesus over here like, hey, Simon, Peter, come on. What? Just to make sure. Don't be leaving here pretty soon. Got to get this straight. Do you love me? What? Seriously, I just told you, I had dementia or something. What did he want? He asked me again if I loved him. I, dude's messed up, I'm telling you. he got a good cooking on the fish, but beyond that, What would you say? I said, of course. He said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. I don't know what that meant. If I see some sheep and lambs, I'll feed them. <laughs> Stop it! If he asked me one more time, he was <laughs> Yes, Jesus. What is it now? Okay, just have to know for sure. Take 11. Get up! It's the slap. Yes, yes, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. You got it? Don't bother me again. I love you. Read it. Jesus said he was asking him this because he knew the way Simon Peter was going to die. How many know how Simon Peter died? He was hung on a cross upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to have the same death as Jesus Christ. Some through the water, some through the flood, but all through the blood. Here's what Simon Peter then asked Jesus. Now it's his turn to ask the question. <laughs> okay? What about John over here? Is he gonna get hung on the cross like me? We know John doesn't. John lives to be a ripe old, old man. Writes the book of Revelation, the book of John, first, second, third John. Got a long life ahead of him. Simon Peter over here gonna get crucified upside down. Why? Why? Well, he's John the Beloved. I'm Simon Peter. I do all the crazy stuff. I'm the stuntman of the disciples. I'm the one who, who says, yes, I love you first. I'm the one that said, hey, let everybody deny you, but not me. I'm the one that was praying with you. I am the one that went through all the trials and tribulations with you. I never left you. Well, except for when you got killed. But other than that, I don't like the sight of what? Paul, a great man of God, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. How was he killed? Beheaded on the Appian Way. You don't read Paul's prison epistles, Paul going, why God? Paul said, I'm about ready to be poured out like an offering. I hope and pray, God, that I finish strong. Because I know when I finish, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Whether we go through the water, we go through the fire, listen, we have a crown of righteousness that the Lord Himself, the Lord Himself will give to us. don't grow weary and we don't quit. We've got to continue striving. Striving. Why? Some through the water, some through the fire, some through the blood. We just had a testimony this week, Miss Joyce Meyer. was a testimony. Helen Buxton, the lady we've been praying for, healed of cancer. Praise God. God showed up, chariots of fire, boom, out of the prison, hallelujah. But how do you know I've known a lot of great men and women, full of the Holy Spirit, who did not make it through cancer. I can go on and on. What about Stephen, a young man? He's introduced, first time you hear about him, a man full of the Holy Ghost. He's surrounded by the Sanhedrin. Yes. He makes them so mad that these, these high intellectual leaders of this Romans part, this, this Pharisees, Pharisees, they come down out of their seats and they start biting him. Right there in the courtroom. They start gnashing their teeth on Stephen. And there in that moment, while they're gnashing on him with their teeth, he looks up. He doesn't know why, but he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. I'm going through some fire right now. Do you love me? Hey, I'll see you in just a minute. Hold on. See, it won't last long, but I've got a purpose for this. Because when you're being stoned, there's going to be a young man named Saul standing there watching you. And I've got big plans for that guy. And I want him to see a man full of the Holy Ghost. Not only how he lives, but how he started that movement and momentum of changing his life. I don't know why you and I go through the things we go through. I don't understand it. And I know this one thing. God is sovereign. God does what God wants to do. And we need to learn how to pray the will of God. Lord, not my will, but thy be done. Learn how to trust God in the water, in the fire, because you've gone through the blood. It's one thing to shout and dance and clap when you're on the mountains. It's one thing to be ecstatically happy when everything in your marriage is going great the kids just made honor roll and you got a raise. You lost 20 pounds. What happens when your whole world falls off pieces? What happens when all of a sudden your kids start failing in everything, every part of life? What happens when you lose your job? God, I don't understand. How is me losing my job good for me? I've got a family to support. God, I don't understand why I've got this cancer. I don't understand why my marriage is broken. We just need to be able in those moments to look up and see Jesus standing at the right hand. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, Armanda, for reading that verse. Isn't it amazing how God just speaks everything together? I will never leave you. I will be right there in the water with you. I will be right there in the fire with you. You won't even smell of smoke. I will deliver you. But there are times when you need to go through it because it is not for your glory. It is for my glory. Somebody may be watching you. How does a man or a woman of God full of the Holy Ghost, how do they handle it? Will you affect somebody else's life like Stephen affected Saul? Because you see, I don't have the answers. And no pastor does. And no Christian theologian does either. But I know this one thing. It's not because of your lack of faith. It's not because you have sin in your life. It's because God is sovereign. Sovereignty of God. And I believe when we see Him face to face, we're going to go, oh, now I know why I went through the water. Now I know why I went through the fire." But I'm so glad I went through the blood. Message. join us anytime at PCACHurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.